SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, folks, how's it going? It's a Friday. We've made it to the weekend. Brian Blessing, thrilled to be with you. Sportsbook Radio coming to you from Las Vegas right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. And we invite you to, when you come to town, check out the local properties. We're out in Henderson. Uh, I think you'll love all the station's properties. And don't forget, we always remind you, when you come to town, sign up, get the STN mobile app. You get a $100 sign-up bonus. Uh, and we just tell you, man, you get a car, get a rental car. I know Uber's cheap. Get a rental car. You can bop around. That's the cheap, cheap way to go. And you can get all around the valley. And always the subtle tip, go to the. Roof of the self-parking garage, bam, in and out. Uh, but when we get back to normal, we do our football watch parties and hockey watch parties. We can't wait to see uh, folks from all around the country that listen on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Uh, they would come in to see us. And we also can't wait to get on Sirius 204. That day's a coming. It's a coming fast. Uh, we'll be on January 7th. Uh, and we're very much looking forward to that. All right, today... Andy Isco, our good friend, the logical approach gaming today, is going to join us for the meat of the two hours. And Chuck Esposito, the racing sportsbook director at Sunset Station, will join us as well, along with Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. So we love gathering with you here two hours a day now on the Sports Grid Radio Network. And we got a lot of good stuff that we'll get to you here heading to a weekend. Hey, folks, it happened again. Uh, that opportunity to make money, I swear. It's fun when you're on top of something, you find one, you roll with it, and you make it work for you. Uh, and you always, the way you want to play you know, the gambling game is get ahead of things. Uh, always try to be ahead of the number. Try to be ahead of the curve before those streaks and trends play out and the odds makers make those adjustments. The Rams, 9-4, and four, beat the Patriots. 24-3 is the final score. A pretty workmanlike effort for the Rams and that defense. They're trying to seize control of the NFC West. But the big development here, Cam Akers, 29 carries, 171 yards. If the Rams can sustain a big running game, all of a sudden they become a matchup problem for teams when the playoffs get here. All right, we're sitting here right as of today. All right, New Orleans, Green Bay. Other than that, who's going to challenge in the NFC? Well, if the Rams can run the football like this, and you've got Aaron Donald and you've got Jalen Ramsey, you can be problematic for teams. So that's the good news uh, for the Rams. But the thing that we spotted, now the Patriots 6-7, and seven, they, you know, they can make a little noise. They're going to have to win out. But you had Cam Newton get pulled in the game last night. Stidham came in in the second half. But we have been talking about this now for the better part of two months, eh, let's call it six, seven weeks. And that's when you watch the Patriots play. It's so predictable, which is bizarre because Belichick is this crafty guy. I mean, yes, he can still make things difficult for the other team by taking things away. But he has no such options on offense. If the, We talked about this. You jump in and you play the Patriots at halftime, and that's been virtually a It's our ahead. Keep going with them because they've got control of the game. They're running the football. They're being efficient. 
And that's when Belichick's dangerous. He starts to really make life difficult for you. But when they are down at the half, and this is what we talked about, and they become one-dimensional with Cam Newton, have a nice day. you got no shot. And it's not completely on him either. None of these wide receivers are electric, uh, create separation, or a real threat or danger to stretch the field. But these are the pedestrian numbers of Cam Newton, 9 for 1,619 yards. And the one interception, which was a pick six, and that was kind of the death blow. But they win games with him putting numbers up like that. But they lose just as often. So when they're behind and they become one-dimensional, you got a real problem on your hands. But that's that's pretty much it for the Patriots. But again, it's, it's one of those things. You try to get ahead of the curve and identify these opportunities. All right, we're heading to a weekend. By the way, we got plays for you. I invite you to check out theinsidersgame.com, heading into a busy weekend in the NFL. And, oh, by the way, college football. We should make mention of this. We get the Army-Navy game this week, which is always a, a wonderful spectacle, and it's a great opportunity for those kids. The thing that's different is normally it's a standalone thing, and they've got the college football spotlight to themselves well in this quirky goofball season we got a boatload of college football games coming up on a saturday the one note we should tell you army is now a seven point favorite look at the total the total is 38 is that crazy (laughs) a 38 point total but the news is because of COVID, the game is actually being played at West Point on the Hudson. So I think it'll still be a pretty cool sight. Uh, and we give those kids the opportunity to be out there and have their big day in the sun. And, but one thing I can tell you, 20, 25 years from now, all the quirky goofball things, you know, some of us are just going to want to erase 2020 from our memory. Whoever wins that football game tomorrow, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if they played that game in a parking lot. That's legacy stuff for those kids. Yes, uh, we beat Navy or we beat Army. So uh, we wish them both the best of luck, and we thank them in advance for what they're about to go do. But that'll be fun. Give it. Army is up to a seven-point favorite. You know, having a good season, uh, but the game will be played on their home field. All right, so. In the next segment, our good buddy Andy Isco is going to join us from Gaming Today and the Logical Approach. we got a lot on the docket. We'll dive into the NFL card, try to spot some trends and some information that's going to help you make some money. Thanks for joining us right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Back in a moment on Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, here we go. Andy Isco, our good friend from The Logical Approach Gaming today, is kind enough to join us here on a Friday. We love Friday, Sunset Station. Uh, we tell people if you're coming in from out of town, you know, when you come in, in fact, we should even talk about that. Let's say, hi, Andy. How are you? Let's try that. Hi, bud. Oh, uh, good morning, Brian. I'm doing <laughs> yeah, so to, uh, the Welcome the guest, you know, minor detail. Welcome the guest. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I was going to say, though, it, it's, it sounds like a generic, dumb, trite little thing. But just from an educational aspect, you know, we tell of our friends at Stations Casinos when we're out here, 
Um, Hey, you got the mobile app. And if you sign up for the STN mobile app, when you sign up, you get a $100 sign-up bonus. Well, that sounds great. And you're from out of town. Go, well, what does that mean to me? Well, let's get back to normal. Get people coming in and out of here all the time, as we're accustomed to. But when you get here, just as an educational thing for people coming into Vegas, when you show up, hey, you could come and get a $100 sign-up bonus for signing up. Get $100 worth of the bets. But... You can use the app. It doesn't matter you don't live here. The only rule is when you use the apps in the properties around the valley, you have to physically be in the state of Nevada when you make the wager. So it's a smart move when you come in here. Sign up for the app. There's a convenience aspect to it. And if you got a couple of apps, you can shop for numbers. But you know, but it's a convenience thing. But just because you're from out of town and visiting, if you're here for four days, First thing you should do is go get an app. Oh, absolutely. I mean, why tie yourself down to having to be restricted, Jay, uh, being in a sports book in order to make the wager? Now, yeah, a lot of folks come into town with the intention of, let's let's say, March Madness, of spending Thursday and Friday just sitting there watching games. But for the most part, let's say at other times of the year, you're coming into town during football season or baseball season, whether you're with or without a family uh, with you, uh, you can uh, make a wager from anywhere within the, well, within the state, you say, but certainly uh, when you're traveling around Las Vegas, going out to dinner, let's see, you, you, uh, you thought of something that you wanted to make a bet. You heard uh, some news or something. Uh, you don't have to uh, trek on over to a sports book. You just open up the app, and, you know, 30 seconds or so, you get your action in there. Well, you know, the funny thing is, like, we love doing our weekend watch parties at Sunset Station, uh, you know, here at Club Madrid. Uh, we want to get all that stuff back. The irony is when the pandemic hit, it was, you know, leading right into March Madness. In fact, the, the one Big East game, they shut her down at halftime. But I would say this, and, you know, from the app perspective, boy, you nailed it. That, what a great time of year if you were in visiting to have that. But that's the real sad thing, Andy, uh, is, is the March Madness are the two best days in Las Vegas. That Thursday and Friday, for many years, I go down to the Grand Ballroom at Golden Nugget with Tony Miller, seven, 800 people, all the games on big screens. They've got a satellite sports book in there. They've got uh, crap tables and blackjack tables. And it's just the most fun two days in all of sports. So the question is, and, you know, listen, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you think March Madness in Vegas has a future this year? Do, do, you, do you envision or do you think we're still in such a gray area that they may not be able to pull it off? Well, they're talking about this uh, being a very, very rough winter due to the COVID and that the worst is still ahead of us. But once we start uh, getting a widespread distribution of the vaccines and once we start getting, let's say, into the latter stages of, uh, uh, of February, that things are well, supposed to have been several weeks past the peak. Uh, we've learned from what the, NF, N, uh, should be the NHL and the NBA were able to do with the bubble, that if that is the uh, preferred method to use, uh, that they now know enough on how to handle things from a logistics standpoint. I would think the chances right now are better than 50-50 that there will be a March Madness of, uh, of some kind. I know they've been talking about holding everything in Indianapolis. They've got quite a number of arenas. Now, then we may see a change. We might not have 64, 68 teams this year. They may cut the field in half. 
Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to run it as close to normal with the full complement of teams as in the past. Uh, things may not look all that good during, let's say, the first half of January as you have the bad weather, the cold weather, and you may have games being canceled or postponed, such as we've seen so far in the early part of this college basketball season, as we've seen throughout the college football season. Uh, but as I think we wind down into February and get towards college conference tournament time, we may start to having seen a leveling off and you know they've got plenty of time to put plans in place you know plan a plan b plan c etc and i think once we get to the middle part of february things will be pretty much clear as far as whether or not we're going to be able to have march madness i would say it's probably more than 50 50 but not much more right now but i think as we get closer those percentages will go up if you were talking to the folks around the country listening to this make plans to come to Vegas, March Madness. If you were weighing that thought process, see now, we're talking about like a T-Mobile arena right now, they're saying gatherings, although we're kind of in a mini pause now, but it was 10%. So you'd be looking at 1,800 to 2,000 fans would be able to go to a Golden Knights hockey game at T-Mobile arena. That's a down the road thing. So these ballrooms and the March Madness parties that go on that people are accustomed to over the years in Las Vegas, that's going to be the rub there is that I'm sure the casinos will still be limited in terms of, you know, how they'll be able to pack people into a room to watch games. So those parties, I think, are highly, I won't say in doubt, but, but would be significantly cut down. But coming to Vegas and being able to hang around a sports book and experience and bet on the games and, and have that experience, I think is certainly something people could consider. And um, you'll probably get screaming deals on flights. And I would even venture, I guess, if you went on, that's one of the more expensive weekends in Las Vegas. You might be able to get a real bargain in, in terms of rooms and coming in here for those four days. It, it, you know, your experience in terms of where you normally would go and hang out and watch the games may be limited. But I think you're, you're in here and you could be roaming around and be in sports books and uh, really have a good time doing it. Maybe save some dough. Well, see, that's an entirely different question than whether or not there will be a tournament for March Madness because the tournament yeah. uh, can go on without fans in attendance, meaning that there might still be some severe restrictions in place as far as the size of gatherings uh, being allowed, whether it be at athletic events or at casinos and sportsbooks and other venues such as people who have been accustomed to watching these events in the past. That I don't know if I would say is quite as likely as the uh, – uh, as the likelihood of having a tournament uh, being played itself. Although I think, again, as we get closer and we start seeing restrictions lifted, uh, then it becomes more of a reality. As to whether or not it will resume what we were accustomed to in the past, I would say for 2021 it's highly unlikely. I would yeah. like to think by 2022 things will be back to normal as we've seen it in the past. No, I, I concur with that. I, I just, like I said, the, the gatherings in ballrooms and things of that ilk, I think they'd be very reticent to do. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I think, you know, people could come in here and, and you know, roam around and, and be in sports books. That that won't go away. The, the, the social distancing, I would imagine, will still be in play uh, clearly at that time. But we'll, the big thing is, Andy, let's find out in the next um, – six to eight weeks what the vaccine thing's looking like. 
Oh, I exactly. I mean, I'm sure that there are good, good bargains to be had right now, but I think we want to monitor the progress of the vaccination programs. And when we start getting data back that says, well, you know, we're getting that number of, uh, of pe people getting the vaccine and we're seeing the decline in the number of new cases and new hospitalizations as, let's say, we get towards uh, the beginning of 2021, let's say late December, early January, when things will have supposedly been started to, uh, uh, to put in place, we can be a little bit more encouraged as those numbers come out on a daily or weekly basis so that even if you wait until, let's say, a couple of weeks before the Super Bowl or let's say people decide that they're going to come out for the mm -hmm. Super Bowl in early February and make plans that I think these numbers decline as uh, as the experts expect them to, even though it may be more gradual. You know, you still have time in the middle of January to make plans for two months later, uh, the middle of March. And so that's, I think, I, uh, uh, where we'll start seeing things taking shape as far as the likelihood I'm, of things resembling what I'm we're somewhat accustomed to. I'm hoping you're right, pal. Hey, we're going to dive into this weekend's NFL card. Don't go anywhere. Back on Sportsbook Radio in a moment on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back on Sportsbook Radio here on the Sports Grid Radio Network on a Friday. Our second hour coming up. Always great fun. Our guest now, Andy Isco, he sticks with us, and it's a little boys club for us on Fridays. Uh, we'll hope Bruce Marshall can swing on in, our buddy from the Gold Sheep, and our gracious host, Chuck Esposito. Always good fun on a Friday uh, to race into the weekend, get everybody's opinion. And Fridays are a treat for me, Andy. I, I take joy in little things right now. Uh, being cautious. I mean, throughout the course of the week, but it's, you know, go do the radio show uh, during the week and then come home. Friday is the, the kind of the, a treat for me. It's a, a get to get out to see my dear friends, guys like you and Chuck and Bruce and Steve Carp from Gaming Today. Maybe hang out in the book for an hour, play a couple of horses, and then it's right back home. But th this one day, Friday... Is, is a wonderful little uh, release for me. I, you get out and there's a semblance of normalcy. And I, I got a round of golf scheduled tomorrow. Uh, that's about it. I mean, you, you take joy in the little things. Oh, absolutely. What, uh, what the listeners don't know is uh, your aptitude at now projecting uh, when Bruce will walk into the studio and whether or not he'll have a matching cap and mask on. I was accused of cheating last week. I was you and You and Chuck accused me. We were in the break. What the, the break during the show, and I looked at the two of you. I said, over under three and a half minutes, that door will open and Bruce Marshall will come in. And everybody said, I'm taking the over. I said, nah, I, I, got a, I got a feeling I'm taking the under. About two minutes later, the door opened while you guys, you texted him. I said, no, I didn't. We thought when you went out of view for a break. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> it was a possibility. Oh, in integrity, always, Andy, integrity. This, this is Las Vegas. You're always trying to get an edge, and we felt that perhaps you were indeed getting an edge and trying to raise the stakes. Wow. I mean, if I, if I was, you know, getting a gallon of Ben and Jerry's ice cream from you, I, I didn't win anything. It was just a fun thing. You won pride. <laughs> I won't bragging cry. Rights. Yes, I do. Uh, speaking of bragging rights, pry, let's, uh, how about some money uh, as we get to this weekend in the NFL? D hard to fathom, isn't it? Uh, week 14? 
it, it, re- it really has gone fast. Throughout all we've gone through, the football season has gone fast. It really has, and with uh, you know, the college football season was a little bit more disjointed with all the cancellations and postponements and rescheduling. But you know, you might have expected that. You've got uh, uh, you know uh, college-age kids and doing what you what we did at that age, which is no surprise uh, that there were going to be situations. The NFL, for the most part, has uh, been able to run relatively smoothly. I mean, we saw with Major League Baseball over the summer when they didn't have a bubble situation, as as I mentioned before, like they did. in in the NBA and NHL, that there were uh, periodic outbreaks, but they largely got it under control. And we've seen that uh, for the the NFL. Yes, when the uh, situations occur and there's rescheduling and games that you have to be moving around, yeah, it's annoying and all that, but when you step back and you take a look that, you know, here we are, we've had 13 weeks, and we've had, yeah, maybe two or three key games that uh, push things throughout uh, uh, the the week into, like in in the case of last week, a game on Wednesday. Uh, Overall, all I'd say it's been relatively successful and again you're also dealing with when the weather started to get cold and uh, the virus was expected to spread a little bit more so I'd say overall the NFL has done a pretty good job and it has made and because of that it has made it seem as though the football season has just flown by and yeah here we are in week 14 we've got four weeks left to go in the regular season and then the the playoffs begin and uh, by the time the playoffs end the NBA will be, will have resumed. The NHL will be on the horizon. And so from a scheduling standpoint, it's not quite back to normal, but it's starting to resemble a little bit more of what we're accustomed to, even though uh, the seasons have been of varying lengths and uh, at different points of the, uh, of the year than we're accustomed to. You know, Andy, uh, I think if you're successful at this, uh, you've got to have that willingness to you know look ahead and look to the future. Uh, for example, I, I want to get to this game in a bit, but before I get there, I'll go somewhere else. But as I said, the advanced lines are available. In like, well, we'll do this now, and, and I'll, I'll come back to the other thing. Advanced lines are available for week 15. Every week, you get a number that will be up for the following week. And... You know, we've been around the block, and we know what's going on here to a degree. And Pittsburgh was a two-and-a-half-point favorite for the Sunday night game in Buffalo. This was last week. This was the number that was hung. And there wasn't a doubt in my mind that if both teams played well, uh, that when that number would come up during the week, it would be very similar to the way Buffalo was a two-and-a-half-point favorite at San Francisco. And the Niners went off the favorite. And there wasn't a doubt in my mind. I said, if you like the Bills, bet, bet them now in the game with the Steelers. Because they were catching two and a half. I said, by the time that game goes off, the Bills will be the favorite. Not only are they the favorite, they were very impressive. They are now a two and a half point favorite. So that, and, and, and believe me, it's rapidly approaching three. So that ability and willingness to look to the future and getting the best of the number, it's the way to play the game, Andy. You want to be ahead of it. This is something that uh, I've talked about on radio shows going back five or six years when uh, Jay Cornegay and the folks over at Westgate started putting up lines on Tuesday roughly a week and a half or so in advance of the games being played because for many years we would always discuss and speculate, well, you know, what would this line have been last week if this team didn't lose 45 nothing, for example, as the Chargers did to the uh, Patriots this past weekend? You know, what kind of adjustment would be made? Well, you didn't know that because you didn't have the pre 
previous lines to, to work with before the game. So, for example, and I'll use this one as an example. You gave a very good one with Pittsburgh-Baltimore. But last week, uh, prior to this, uh, prior to the weekend, uh, the game between the, um, uh, the the Falcons and the Chargers ended up being a, a pick'em game uh, mm-hmm. uh, with Atlanta and the Chargers both out of contention. Well, we saw Atlanta play a competitive game against uh, New Orleans on uh, on Sunday. Uh, we saw the Chargers get absolutely torqued by New England on their home field, on the Chargers' home field with poor special teams play. And sure enough, the game comes up on Sunday afternoon. You know, they, they take these games down. Uh, during the uh, during Sunday, uh, now that now the game, as I mentioned, it opened pick 'em and it didn't move. So when the game came down before the start of Sunday's games, that Atlanta Chargers game was still a pick 'em. When they put the game up again Sunday afternoon, after the results of both the Atlanta and the Chargers game were known, Atlanta was a two and a half point road favorite. So it's not that Atlanta moved from a pick 'em to a two and a half point road favorite. Atlanta was adjusted from a pick 'em, which is what the lines makers thought before. Sunday to a two and a half point road favorite says based upon uh, what we saw on Sunday for these two teams uh, we're going to make an adjustment of two and a half points almost a full field goal that's a that's a significant adjustment for a line at uh, at this stage of the season and I, I think what people need to understand is that when we talk about these these are not line moves these are line adjustments in other words basically they mm-hmm. go up they come down and they're reposted after we've seen another game that these teams have been involved in but it still Very gives valuable. you the chance. Yeah, but it, but it gives you the the chance to sit here and say, I I, I got um, yeah, Buffalo plus two and a half before the week before. If the game closes three, I mean, if you wanted to, you take the three, you come back, the Bills win by one or two, and you're scooping the pot. Um, you know, so just trying to be ahead of it. You know, oh, gives absolutely. You that be cautious that it could work the other way too. What if the uh, game Monday night had San Francisco winning by that 34 to 17 margin, and then Pittsburgh ends up uh, uh, beating Washington as expected? Well, then all of a sudden uh, Pittsburgh goes up to a, a four-point favorite. Well, that's true, but it, well, it's part of the handicap. You're handicapping yeah. the game this week, saying I believe basically see, two I, games. It, and I would, I mean, I felt the Bills, it would be a very close, a good game against the Niners. I didn't think they'd get blown out in any way, shape, or form. I did envision Pittsburgh losing outright to Washington. Uh, you know, and, but know that the focus, I was worried about the Bills because they'd be looking ahead to Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh loses and the Bills win. And then number, believe me, they'd have closed one anyway. Now it's up to two and a half and approaching three because of the result of the week. Right, which gives, and which, by the way, brings in another way of looking at that. And people could say, well, okay. Take Pittsburgh the points. Pittsburgh's game. off a loss. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, what, what the thinking would be is that maybe this was, and we talk about all the overreaction. Yeah, there should have been some adjustment. But And, and actually, when the line came up Sunday afternoon, now this, again, is before either team played on Monday, uh, Pittsburgh was still favored by one and a half. They took the game off the board prior to the two games on Monday. Pittsburgh involved early, Buffalo right. involved late. When they put the game back up on Tuesday morning, the game actually opened pick'em. So they had adjusted from two and a half down to one and a half down to Pickham before any action took place. Then once the game was posted at Pickham, there's where the perhaps 
overreaction came in because it was the betting action that moved that game from the adjusted opening of Pickham to Buffalo two and a half. So maybe what we're saying is that maybe the adjustment to Pickham was the correct adjustment that based upon what we saw at the game should have should, should be Pickham and it's the public that started betting Buffalo uh, up to two and a half and possibly three. So there will be people out there saying, okay, yeah, the two and a half points that pitch that uh, uh, that that uh, Pittsburgh was favored a week ago. Yeah, maybe even before the weekend's action, it was a little high, and maybe Pickham was actually a better number even on Monday night. Now, all of a sudden, the public is overreacting to an already-in-place reaction, which was the adjustment, and so maybe the game should be Pickham, and so people will take a look and say, Pittsburgh plus three, plus two and a half, and certainly plus three represents tremendous value. There are many different ways of handicapping games, and mm -hmm. depending upon someone's philosophy, you could come up with uh, two different results. The one thing is clear, and you pointed it out, that yeah, if you took Buffalo plus two and a half before last weekend's game, you've got a great line right now all right now we're going to talk about a division and another game this week where the kind of the same things in play and it's a read between the lines thing more on the upcoming weekend in the nfl uh, from sunset station on a friday brian blessing and andy isco sportsbook radio right here on the sports grid radio network sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com back with you on a friday race into the weekend from sunset station out in henderson uh brian blessing andy isco from gaming today and the logical approach our dear friend, a Las Vegas legend. He's been around here forever. Then uh, we love the show because we got you covered on both sides of the counter. Get the odds makers' belief, their opinion during the week. Guys like Tony Neville, Chuck Esposito, Mike Lewis, um, Tony Miller, Jay Cornegay. Find out what all these guys are thinking. And then we have our friends on the other side of the counter, and we try to disseminate some good information for you. And I think we're up down, going down that road on a Friday with Andy Isco. Andy, last week we were talking about advanced lines, but that willingness and ability to look to the future. And I will just, I'll throw this at you. We'll do two for the price of one here. Arizona's laying two and a half at the Giants, totals 45. And the Redskins going cross country are catching the a who? field goal. The who? Oh, oh, boy, I did it, didn't I? I did it. I did it. The Washington. We did. We did it with the Chargers, San Diego for the. I did years. it for a. F how I I've got the Chargers down now. I've got the Chargers thing sorted out. <laughs> I've got that. I can't, that's the first time I've done that all year. The Washington Football Team. Thank you, Andy. Uh, they're catching three. Some places three and a half. Uh, going cross country uh, to Glendale to take on the Niners. The point about looking ahead. About a month ago, I started saying, as bad as they are, a punchline, it would not shock me in the least, by the time we get there, that whoever wins the NFC East could be catching a touchdown at home in a playoff game. But it wouldn't shock me in the least if the NFC East champion pulls off an upset in game one. Well, that number, that seven's coming down now because Washington and the Giants are showing some real signs of life and competitiveness. But that's that ability, or, or the, I mean, not ability, the willingness 
to look to the future and say, don't rule this out. And again, Redskins and the Giants, they're not world beaters, but Uh believe me, oh, God. That's okay. That's that's my last correction for, for this hour. No, I, I can't believe I've done that twice. My sincere apologies. That's unbelievable. But I, if the point by, by is, the way, I'm not, I'm not offended by it. I'm just saying that we're so used to saying it. And, and I know. We see I it all know. the time. I know. It's, uh, it's well, almost, but, and by the way, it's difficult when you're writing because, you know, and I do a lot of writing, of course, and you don't always want to continue to refer to a team by the same name. So sometimes, for example, I'll say Chicago, Chicago, and other times in the, in the column or whatever, I'll refer to them as the Bears. You can't really do that with Washington this year. You can only refer okay. to them as Washington I, or I've come up- uh, W. UFC. I've come up with a solution. I have absolutely right now on the air with with all you folks. I have come up with a solution. From this day forward, I, I won't do that again. I will never use the R word again. And I'm I, the Washington Football Team. I won't use that again. I am from this day forward going to call them because it's from my favorite one of my favorite movies of all times. They are the Big W. Oh, mad, 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 mad world! It's a mad, 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 mad world, and 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 I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have a, a producer, Chris Bavona. We're gonna get a drop, the Jimmy Durante drop from "It's a Mad, Mad World." It's a big W. I tell you, it's a big W. <laughs> I just, I just refer to them as the Washingtons or the Washingtonians. And by the way, I'll occasionally it, slip and say Redskins, but I've, I've been pretty good at catching myself. By the way, Andy and I are no spring chickens. I'm not offending Andy by saying that, but. Um, for young people who are out there, highly recommend it. Go watch It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Now, you got to block four hours of your life to do it. It's one of the longest movies in history. Well, that's it. Ah. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Look. It, it's a big W, I tell you. It's a big W. Jonathan Winters. It's a big W. It's a big <laughs> One of the great all-time casts of comic oh, legends. Everybody uh, who is anybody. How about Chris Bavona, our producer? But, but the, the way the movie starts is with this crazy car chase, and the car careens off the mountain, and Jimmy Durante is in the car, and his dying words is he's down at the base of a hill. Uh, he's telling him about this hidden, hidden treasure. And then all these people that come down to help him, and it starts this four-hour mad chase, and it's hilarious, with everybody who was anybody in the movie. But the best thing is when Jimmy Durante, it ends in his last breath, he's lying there and there's a bucket by his foot and he kicks the bucket. And that gets it started. <laughs> and that's the beginning and it doesn't stop for four hours. All right. there, Nice diversion. Uh, by the way, well done, Chris Bavona. Talk about jumping into the fray there instantly. That's impressive. That that was impressive. How many times have I told you now, I am an old soul when it comes to music and film. <laughs> is that well? You're younger than us, but you've seen that movie, obviously. Many, many times. It's so, the in, in fact, I'm due. I'm due. I am due. It's been a while. Um, I got to get my my. I have an 11 year old granddaughter. I got to get her to watch that. That she'll get a kick out of that. All right. So we're talking about the NFC East, Andy. That looking ahead, either the Redskins or the Giants. I don't know. Maybe they're sitting home and. You know, say Seattle's coming cross country, and you know Seattle's laying four and a half, five maybe. <laughs> it ain't gonna shock me if the NFC East champ, and they'd been a punchline all year long, pulls off an upset. 
Well, that's true for a number of reasons. First of all, we've seen it in the past. We've when uh, teams with losing records have won divisions, hosted wild card games, and ended up pulling upsets over. I think uh, you know an 11 and 5 team. I think was in in one situation. But not only that, these teams are playing well down the stretch. Uh, you know, Washington and the Giants, and they both are off. Right, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this week because they're both off huge upsets. I mean, it, it's uh, no small accomplishment for what the Giants did going out to Seattle and uh, uh, containing Russell Wilson and pulling off the upset. And that was just as impressive what Washington did on, uh, on Monday afternoon when they went into Pittsburgh, knocked off the unbeaten Steelers and overcame a 14-0 deficit to do so. And so uh, we often say that teams that are playing their best in December can't be discounted as far as having uh, an opportunity to win. They may not be the most talented team, but they're amongst the teams that are playing the best at that time. And so, yes, I would say whoever comes out of the NFC East will be a threat, at least as of right now, with four games to go. Now, if these teams, if Washington and the Giants go one and three in their last uh, four games and end up winning divisions with six and ten records, well, then maybe that seven-point road favoritism uh, for Seattle would be justified. But let's say they go the other way. Let's say they go three and and one down the stretch. Uh, they end up eight and eight. Well, the Giants, that would mean they will have won seven of their final eight games uh, to get into the playoffs at eight and eight. They become a much more serious challenger. And yes, I would uh, I would say right now, if you were to make a line on uh, Seattle at Washington or Seattle at the Giants, you you're probably looking at Seattle somewhere between four and five. Okay, now here is one, and I'll throw this out, and I, I believe this. You can shoot holes at it if you care to, but it's that reading between the lines and not being blinded by power ratings and things of that ilk, numbers sometimes can drive you off a cliff. But I think there are tentacles from one event that directly impacts another. Kansas City is at Miami. That number had been seven and a half. I was hoping, and it's happened. You know, sharp money comes in, and they, they t I'd have bought the hook, but it's down to seven. Here's the deal. Kansas City's just been pawing around, playing around with people, winning games left and right, but they haven't been boat racing anybody. Miami's having an incredible season. Their defense is spectacular, but... I'm just not believing how sustainable this is because the offense is challenged at times, especially with two in there. Honestly, I think they have a chance to be real dangerous if Fitzpatrick were the quarterback. But that being said, I, I think it's a correlated deal. If Miami it is winning or covering this game, it absolutely is an under game. That, that, that is, that's a given. But I think Kansas City – is absolutely going to take these guys to the woodshed, Andy. I mean, big time, where Kansas City's been playing around with teams. They are not going to come in here and clown around. I th and, and there's a reason why I think that. I think they come in here and they woodshed Miami because they're playing an afternoon game. And Pittsburgh is playing the Sunday night game at Buffalo. And the two teams are tied atop the AFC. But Pittsburgh at the moment still has the one seed in the bye because they have the tiebreaker. I think Kansas City comes in here. They make, some, make a monster statement in this game. In a, in, and one of the big reasons being they want to really put the heat on Pittsburgh for the Sunday night game. 
I, I like a lot of what you said there. And, yes, the key is because now Pittsburgh has, uh, has, has lost a game. The teams, as you mentioned, are tied with records. It's an opportunity for Kansas City to make a statement that, okay, Pittsburgh, you've got a more difficult game than we do. We're going into Miami, and we're going to win. Now, I, I don't necessarily know that. Kansas City needs to make a huge statement. They just need to go in there and win. Whether they win by one or 21, it's a win, right. and it puts the but they're pressure not clowning on, around. on Buffalo. The, no, the night before, or, or you know, the, the night later, later in, the, in, in on Sunday. What I'm looking at in this game, and you sort of alluded to it, is Miami has been very, very solid on defense, uh, really throughout the season. And it's no surprise, Flores, the coach, learned under Belichick, are using a lot of the same uh, philosophies there. Uh, Miami's off. Offensively, they've not been as nearly as strong with Tua as they are with uh, uh, with Fitzpatrick. Now, we've seen a couple of teams this year slow down Kansas City. We saw the Chargers do it in their first meeting that needed uh, overtime. And then we saw it last Sunday night in Kansas City, Denver able to slow down Kansas mm -hmm. City. They were Denver was very impressive inside the red zone, and so maybe Miami will be able to take something like that. Yeah, I can understand why you would want to consider Kansas City for a blowout uh, uh, or an impressive win tonight. I respect what Miami has done. I respect it to the point where if I like Miami, I might feel more comfortable playing the under rather than right. taking the points with the Dolphins. And that's a great point because I, and I don't know how you do, how your overall approach. Generally speaking, I'm not adverse to sides, and we've been talking mostly about sides, but I, I'm a totals guy. I, probably 70% of the plays I make are totals. A football's a funny-shaped object. I'm handicapping the 60 minutes and the pace of the game, and but but I think you're right. Of the two, the safer play is, if you like Miami, it may be safer to play the under because they were in the game, but they may be in the game, but Butker could kick a field goal with four minutes to go, and you know the Chiefs win by 10, but the game is lower scoring. The total may be safer of the two options if you're of the belief the Dolphins are in the game. And it's also another game that sets up very nicely for halftime and or in-play wagering, depending upon how the game unfolds. You know, it could get a little sloppy early on. There could be turnovers, which results in a higher-scoring game not related to the not related to the game plans, but rather just the things that occur, turnovers, etc., which may give you an opportunity to do something during the game as well. But before the game starts, I would feel more comfortable playing an under in this contest than I would really playing either side because I could certainly see mm -hmm. Miami putting forth a good every you know Miami's not a fluke team in fact if I recall correctly when I looked at it the other night Miami's point differential is the third best in the AFC I think uh, Kansas City and uh, may have been Pittsburgh that are, that are both ahead of them. I think Miami's something like plus I think 91 points or something so they're All right, no Andy. fluke no they're not listen do you hear bells baby you hear bells baby Sylvester's coming to get you, Mama. Sylvester's coming to get you. All right. Check it out. It's a mad, 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 mad world. We're not done. Right back on Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, head to the top of the hour, Sportsbook Radio, Sunset Station in Henderson in Las Vegas, and we're thrilled to be with you. Again, we're counting the days to that 
opportunity to join uh, everybody on Sirius 204, and that's coming up on January 7th. We're going to have great fun with that. we got four college football games on a Friday night. UTEP, some steam there. They're up to 10. Total is 64. Uh, hosting North Texas. North Carolina, Charlotte against Marshall. The Thundering Herd, 20-point favorite. Totals 52. And then is the game going to be played? Actually, as the crow flies from here, maybe a mile and a half, two miles at Sam Boyd Stadium uh, in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada and San Jose State. And the Spartans, how about the Spartans? Uh, this number's ranging from San Jose State, uh, one two-point favorite. San Jose State, this is a football program that has just been a dog's breakfast for a long time. These guys are unbeaten. And they went to Hawaii and won 35-24. And even if Hawaii's down, that's no easy task for kids to, you know, fly over to Hawaii uh, and concentrate on football. And a lot of teams have had the trap door when they go over there. Not been the case. Good for San Jose State. Having a great season. Uh, but a great game on paper. Totals 58.5, Nevada and San Jose State. And then a little Pac-12 action. Got a rivalry game. Arizona State is an 11.5-point favorite. Uh, at Arizona, and the total on that game is 55 and a half. So we got some college football tonight, racing towards the weekend. And we got the guys, Andy Isco is going to be back with us, Chuck Esposito, Bruce Marshall, our number two sportsbook radio from Sunset Station in Las Vegas as we head to the weekend. As always, want to thank our producer, Chris Bavona. He does a great job. Uh, we're thrilled to be part of the family. I uh, had good fun with uh, Cam Stewart yesterday, and we'll be crossing over doing other shows and a lot of cool things still to come. Couldn't be more excited. Time's flying by. I think this is the end of week five. My goodness, week five on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Time flies when you're having fun, and we are going to have fun absolutely in the next segment. It's lunchtime with the line makers. Week 14 in the NFL, we've got the home stretch to break down, racing towards the holidays, all kinds of cool stuff on the docket. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. 